Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. When we asked you what were the most important issues that will impact the way you voted the upcoming federal election, in second place after climate change was health and hospital funding. Create a better health system. Fund more doctors and nurses. Pay them what they're worth. Has the government understood the importance of investing in the healthcare and hospital system? Please keep Medicare properly funded, okay? Today, we speak to the leader of the Greens, the Labor Shadow Health Minister, an independent who is also a GP, and the Government Health Minister to find out what they think is the biggest issue facing Australia's healthcare system and what they intend to do about it. If there's been one thing the global pandemic has shone a light on, it's how well or not well our various health systems are coping with a major influx of people when they need it. It has pushed our hospitals and hospital staff to the brink, left our GPs and their support staff stressed and burnt out. Many nurses are wondering if they can go on. In amongst all that was a population who were appreciative of the hard work our frontline workers put in, but also realising that there will come a point where they can't get the help they need, when an ambulance is ramped in a hospital driveway instead of picking up their next patient, where cancer treatment is still thousands of kilometres away, where medicines are too expensive, where so-called elective surgeries are postponed once again, where private health cover isn't within financial reach. So where do our major parties stand on healthcare? Adam Bant is a leader of the Australian Greens and the federal member for Melbourne. Mr Bant, what do you think is the biggest issue for Australian healthcare right now? The biggest issue from our perspective is probably getting dental and mental health into Medicare. Dental got put off during the pandemic, but even before the pandemic, a lot of people couldn't afford to go to the dentist. Households spend on average $950 a year to go to the dentist. It's expensive. We want to get dental into Medicare doing that would go a long way to not only making people's teeth and mouth healthier, but it actually prevents a lot of other diseases that can come if you don't get your health treated, and that would take a big burden off our public healthcare system. Um, Mental health into Medicare is also critical after the pandemic especially. People can't get the full range of services that they need on Medicare. You get it for a period of time for a certain number of consults, but then it runs out often when the help is starting to kick in. So we want to get mental health fully into Medicare. The question everyone always asks is, it's lovely to make all these promises, but how are you going to pay for it? Well, getting dental into Medicare would cost about 
$8 billion a year to get it fully in for everyone. To give you a bit of an understanding, we spend about $10 billion a year, the federal government does, of public money on giving handouts to big corporations, coal and gas giants, including people like Clive Palmer and their mining companies, to go and buy cheap petrol and other forms of deduction. So we're giving the handouts already. It's just going to places that it shouldn't go to. And the Greens would rather that Clive Palmer pay more tax and stop getting the handout so that everyone can go and fix their teeth. How do the Greens plan to help regional Australians? A lot of the the policies that are in place do help people in hubs, in cities. Regional people face very different challenges where it comes to healthcare. Do the Greens have a policy to help out those out in the regions? We do, and especially with respect to dental, it can become critical. And for First Nations communities, many of whom live in regional and rural areas, one in two, so 50% of First Nations people have untreated dental health issues. And in some parts of regional Western Australia, for example, there's no public dental health services at all. So a big part of our plan is ensuring those services go where they're needed, that there's funding put into not only making it available on the Medicare card, but ensuring that it's in the places that people need. That's especially crucial in regional and rural areas. What about healthcare staff? We saw quite a few people leave the industry during the pandemic due to burnout. We also have had problems for many, many years on keeping GPs, for example, out in regional areas. How are we going to attract staff to the healthcare industry? We do need to make sure that uh, nurses in particular are better paid, and we've seen that in a a number of areas of the, the health and the care sector. The Greens back moves to ensure the people who work in the health and care sectors have their wages lifted, especially in professions where there's a lot of majority of women who are working. The Greens back moves for the Fair Work Commission to prioritise giving wage rises in those areas where there are where predominantly women are working. That will not only help close the gender pay gap, but if we um, pay nurses properly, if we pay healthcare professionals properly right across the sector, it's going to result in a better quality of care for everyone because it's ultimately people that provide the care. And this is why we want to make billionaires and big corporations pay their fair share of taxes so that we can properly fund healthcare, including lifting the wages of the workers in those sectors, and that will help retain them. Mark Butler is Labor's federal member for Hindmarsh and Shadow Minister for Health and Ageing. Mr Butler, What's the biggest issue for Aussies and their health in 2022? It's really hard to put your finger on one issue. All of the healthcare system really is under enormous pressure, not just because of COVID. But I I think the thing that has shocked me most is the state of general practice. It is harder and more expensive than it's ever been to see a general practitioner. And I think it's only going to get harder unless we start to turn things around. So can you outline some ways in which Labor is promising to do that? Well, one of the things we've already announced is to establish 50 urgent care services across the country. And what this means is when those minor emergencies happen at home, so your kid falls off the skateboard and busts their arm or you get a very deep cut, uh, at the moment people are really struggling to get into their local GP at all or certainly urgently. So too often those minor emergencies end up waiting for hours and hours for treatment at the local hospital emergency department and they don't need to be there. Emergency departments are built for those once-in-a-lifetime emergencies like heart attacks 
and strokes. And what we'll do is develop services in the community where people can go seven days a week until 10pm at night and get a fully bulk billed service by properly trained doctors and nurses for urgent care. Now, there were some things mentioned at the campaign launch on the weekend. Can you just explain to us what Labor's planning to do as far as the PBS, the Pharmaceutical Benefits Scheme, is concerned? So for general patients, which are patients who don't have a concession card, a healthcare card, or aren't pensioners, for example, the price of medicines has just been going up and up, and currently it's the $42.50 price tag for most prescription medicines. That compares very badly with other developed countries in the world. It's a relatively expensive medicine. So what we committed to do over the weekend was to cut that $42.50 maximum price for prescription medicines down to $30. We've been talking to patient groups, talking to the community pharmacy sector. They'd convinced us on the basis of Bureau of Statistics data that literally hundreds of thousands of people are simply going without their medicines because they can't afford to have their script filled. So obviously this is a real cost of living pressure for households, but it's also having an impact on people's health if they're not taking the medicines their doctors are prescribing for them. Now something that gets brought up quite consistently when we're talking about healthcare in Australia, regardless of what the ailment is, is that a lot of the times it can be linked back to mental health issues. What will Labor do to help Aussies who are struggling with mental health? I think what people are particularly concerned about is the impact of the pandemic. We know from natural disasters in the past that there is a very long tail of the mental health impact of these disasters can last for years and years. And what we're seeing is that impact all groups in the population. Really disturbingly, emergency departments are particularly reporting a big spike in presentations of under 12-year-olds, particularly in those parts of the country that had very extensive lockdowns. So we want to sit down, if we're elected in May, sit down with mental health clinicians, particularly with state governments as well, and work out what else we can do to deal with this very big overhang that I think we're going to be facing for a few years now in terms of the mental health impacts of the pandemic. Dr Sophie Scamps is a practising GP in Sydney's Northern Beaches and is now running as an independent candidate for the federal seat of McKellar. She was formerly a doctor in the emergency department of Monaval Hospital. Dr Scamps, what do you think is the biggest challenge for Australia's healthcare system? So there's a couple of major challenges for our healthcare system. I would say our public hospital system is at breaking point. It's in crisis. So when you have the nursing staff striking because they believe that the care that they provide to patients is not adequate, is not sufficient, then we have a major problem. The other thing is, is that it's been predicted that by 2025, there will be a deficit of 110,000 nursing staff because people are leaving in droves because they're undervalued, they're burnt out, and they just feel that they can't, you know, risk their own health by working under those conditions. So there does need to be a lot done to improve both the working conditions for, you know, frontline healthcare workers, midwives, nurses, and aged care workers as well. I'm constantly hearing from people who've said, I'm a nurse, but I've just left because I'm burnt out and I can't risk my own health for working under those conditions. And so we need to value our midwives, our nurses, our aged care workers, and we need to pay them appropriately. So I, I agree with a wage rise for all those groups. What policies do you hope to bring to Parliament in Canberra regarding Australia's healthcare system? There's a mental health crisis, I think, across the country and definitely in this electorate of McKellar. 
as a GP, I know, I understand, and every day I would find out how hard it was to get young people in to see the mental health care specialist that they needed to see. So there's absolutely a crisis in mental health here and we need a large investment into expanding the mental health care workforce. I think it would be a great idea to have mental health care worker in all the schools and also work with local health districts and the primary health networks to work out where there are needs within each community and how to fill those needs as well. And thinking as well, we have waiting lists for things like elective surgery, but we actually don't have information on how long people are waiting to see a mental health care specialist. So also starting up that waitlist system so we can get that information and start to address it in, in a scientific way. From a GP's perspective, we're hearing from the industry that a lot of doctors can't afford to run a bulk bill practice anymore, that they are struggling with their workloads. How can we make it, first of all, more accessible for people to actually get to their GP and make it a profitable business for GPs who are working in them? Yes, so just talking about the workload for GPs, that has definitely increased, particularly during the pandemic. The proportion of mental health cases rose a lot. And so they're quite complex cases to manage. And so it takes you away from the other patients that you could be seeing as well. So what we find with the shortage of mental health care workers is that GPs are taking on that load of looking after um, patients with mental health needs. But also the other thing, particularly in my electorate, because we have a public-private hospital here, and there really aren't the public outpatient specialist services for people in this electorate. So you would have to travel outside the electorate to get those public specialist services. So GPs are again taking on that load of looking after chronic conditions. And also I know from a business perspective, the doctor who owned the practice that I was working in was saying we just cannot afford to bulk bill. So where does the government sit on the issue? Greg Hunt is a federal government minister for health and aged care. Minister, what has been the toughest thing you faced as health minister aside from the COVID pandemic? What's been absolutely critical has been a focus on mental health. We know that in any one year, 4 million Australians have a challenge with mental health. In particular, we've focused on women's mental health. We've created new Headspace clinics and now Head to Health, or which is Headspace for adults. And as we're speaking, I've just been announcing two new adult mental health clinics with a particular focus on women in northern Tasmania. And uh, as well as that, we know eating disorders have been an agonising condition with a a terribly high uh, mortality rate. So we have tripled the number of Medicare sessions for eating disorders and we're creating new residential clinics around Australia. Now, Minister, the Coalition is constantly accused of defunding Medicare. Is there truth to those accusations? And if so, why does money keep getting taken away from Medicare? Well, it's completely false. One of the things I'm most proud of is that we've taken our funding from $19 billion under the previous government to uh, this year, $31 billion, and 32, 34, 36. So every year on our watch has been record funding, and every year going forwards is record funding. Most importantly, we've created breakthrough new Medicare treatments in areas such as carrier screening. So for mums and families that want to have a child to be able to, for the first time, have carrier screening to see whether or not they were at risk of having a child with cystic fibrosis or 
spinal muscular atrophy. We've created telehealth, over 100 million telehealth consultations and probably the biggest change in uh, Medicare since Medicare was created. So we've also guaranteed it in legislation and, of course, made available new medicines, over 2,900 new medicines under the pharmaceutical benefit scheme, including new medicines for breast cancer, triple negative breast cancer, only this week. The budget included $58 million for endometriosis, and, and we know that's an issue that affects nearly a million Australian women, and to have that focus on endometriosis research, early diagnosis and clinics, I think, is responding to exactly the message that uh, so many women who listen to Mamma Mia, who read Mamma Mia, have raised, and uh, we've given that a, a real focus and, and national prominence. Mr Hunt, have we learned some lessons from this pandemic? We've seen the coalition be in the spotlight for uh, not ordering enough vaccines, not giving us access to rat kits at the very beginning, access to correct PPE. There's some things that we didn't get right. Have we learnt from this? Look, we're always learning, but I respectfully disagree with the presumptions there. Of all the countries in the world, we've had one of the highest vaccination rates 97% of Australians are double vaccinated. We've had one of the lowest rates of loss of life. And we, as a consequence of that, now have 4% unemployment. So we're one of only two countries along with Japan that has a uh, loss of life of uh, under 300 per million, a vaccination rate of uh, over 80% for the whole of the population from zero to 105, and unemployment of 4% or below. We... uh, have had uh, enough vaccines for every Australian to be vaccinated four times if that were required. And uh, in terms of PPE, we saw in New York and London and Madrid and Milan um, losses where people couldn't manage ventilators. We've been able to provide the PPE, the ventilators, the vaccines that sadly had not been available in, in other countries. So you're always learning. But most of the world looks at Australia and says, wow, we wish we were in Australia's position. If you have any more issues you'd like us to put to the politicians vying for your vote on May 21, make sure you send your questions to our email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Jacob Round. 